Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 30 of A View to a Cockerranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cockerranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? I'm fantastic, dude. It's a gorgeous day out. Beautiful day. Yeah, we had, I think, three inches of snow on Friday. Today it's 70 degrees. Today is Sunday for us, not you but yeah it's beautiful it's sunny we had delicious korean food for lunch we had delicious korean food for lunch man dude those koreans have got to figure we're out we're gonna watch that food game is on we're point. gonna watch a new episode of mystery science theater this afternoon as soon as we're done with this so today is pretty super, good super excited uh, yeah man now normally dave at this point in the show this is when i would remind the listeners that of course shining in the heavens there are five stars and we would go into our uh, two years running award-winning opening segment, the five stars. However, today uh, we have elected, because it's been sort of a slow week for the both of us, um, to instead do one of our semi-regular installments of the Creature Royale to try to get all of the Jetman monsters up on our list of best to worst monsters of all the episodes of Super Sentai that we have seen as part of this show. Yeah, now not today. We're not going to try to do the rest of them today because it takes a while and there's a ton of monsters. Now, allow me to propose to you that we do like one mini star because I've got like three things I wanted to say that aren't like full stars. They're just funny things. Dave, I, I, I'm amenable to that, but I want you to know that if we don't hurry through this Creature Royale segment... We might not get to God Noodle today, and I'm not willing to risk that. So we can we can do a mini star, but let's keep this tight. Okay, I will just tell you the one thing. You know how I've been doing Duolingo? Like, I've been learning French on this Duolingo oh, yeah. thing? Yeah, it's going super well. I'm progressing well. I'm on a 45-day streak. And according to Duolingo, I am 25% fluent in French, which is not possibly true. But here's the only problem that I've discovered with Duolingo, Matt is that uh, I'm inadvertently teaching my phone's predictive keyboard French. <laughs> it's like, I'll go to type something. It's like, do you mean, do you mean garçon? And I'm like, no, I'm not in the French thing now. But it only I only have just the one swipe keyboard. And so I'm inadvertently teaching my phone French. That is French. hilarious. I'll save the rest of them for later. So, Matt, the first monster that we've got to tackle is Mirror Dimension from Jet. Ah, the Mirror Dimension. Mirror Dimension. Now, if you don't remember Mirror Dimension, I am, I pro, I'm, I'm just doing this off the top of my head, so we'll see how good my memory is. Mirror Dimension is the, it's a mirror. Sure. And you're, you're spot I on so far. Spot on so far. And I'm pretty sure that Mirror Dimension, this is the one that like absorbs vain people. No, right? no, no, no. That is the mirror from Die Ranger. So Die Ranger had okay. a mirror creature that was the thing that had absorbed Kujiku and kept her imprisoned for 6,000 years. Yeah, that guy was rad. Oh, yeah, no, Mirror Dimension is real Yeah, dumb. Mirror Dimension was in an episode about um, uh, re like, Ryu's grandmother coming to town to try to get him 
hooked up with somebody so that he would be married. Oh, that's right. She had said this was like an arranged marriage from when he was a kid. And like he had forgotten about it, but grandma was still like 100% on board. And then grandma's like a secret karate master and she like beats the snot out well, of him. No, uh, the, the way that grandma beat her or beat the mirror dimension was with a mirror of her own. So the mirror dimension would shoot these beams out of out of itself or really out of any reflective surface to like capture them, like capture the people, I believe, in sort of like a, another dimension. Am I remembering this correctly? Oh, what I was saying, Matt, is that Grandma beats the crap out of Ryu himself. Oh, like, remember from yes. the beginning of that episode? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Grandma also beats the mirror dimension with another mirror, like reflects the That's thing right. back at him. If I am remembering yeah, this correctly. Good. He reflects the mirror's like absorbing ray back at um, Maria, I want to say. That sounds right. I might be conflating some of these things with the um, evil camera from later in the Jetman season. Mm. But in any case, I, I feel like we remember enough to rate it. I remember at the time feeling like this creature was significantly below the mirror creature from Die Ranger. Yeah, it definitely was not nearly as So cool. where is that creature on our list okay well let me let me look i gotta find it the mirror dimension from die ranger is super super cool the looking it's got like a neat look the mirror dimension from jetman i said the mirror dimension you know what i mean the mirror dimension from jetman if i recall correctly basically looks like a movie gremlin with like a square a square mirror body um i remember the head being a little cooler than that it's sort of like an angled prismatic like fox head sort of but most of its body looks like it's wearing a giant mirror like sandwich board which is not a super slick look okay dave so i'm looking at the list and i yeah okay i don't know how this happened and i'm not entirely sure that this is actually true, but it looks like we somehow did not put Master Mirror, who was the mirror guy from Die Ranger, on our list to begin with. Um, I am looking, and he is not on here. I feel like we talked Yo, about him. No, he's not, him. so we must have missed him somehow. Maybe we... I'm not sure, but let's just do it. Let's put him on the list now, man. So where, where does he go on the list? I think he's super cool. I loved his episode. He's like stealing people who are vain and uh, he's kind of sexist in a hilarious way because he only wants to absorb like lady energy. Yeah, not, and, and I don't want to be very clear about this. We do not support the idea that sexism is hilarious. No, yes, Matt. Thank you for clarifying. I would hope our longtime listeners would know, but who knows? Maybe this is your first episode. We do not find sexism uh, generally hilarious, but Mirror Master Mirror was pretty funny. So he's got a cool look, and I think this is really important. He kicks off really the whole Kujaku storyline. So I would actually rate Mirror Master Mirror probably pretty. Yeah, high. he was pretty significant, and he had a great sort of like illusion fight with Daigo. Yeah, that was very cool. So I don't know, man. Is he cooler than the jewelry priestesses? I don't know. Probably the jewelry priestesses were fun, but they had a weird look. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's just take a big jump up. Is he cooler than the Shooting Doji Brothers? Weirdly, no. I don't think he's cooler than the Shooting Doji Brothers. Even uh, yeah, though, I was going to say, I don't think like, so. The Shooting Doji Brothers and the Ring Priest and the Jewelry Priestesses are kind of similar. 
like along some lines, but I would put I would put Master Mirror somewhere around Pachinko Master, maybe between Lieutenant Shiryu and Pachinko Master. That is just what I was gonna say. Okay, so he comes in at just under Lieutenant Shiryu, which gives him spot number 26 on the list. And then where do we put where do we put Mirror Dimension? Uh quite a bit below that. Yeah, way at the bottom there. Uh, I'm looking more see. like the faucet dimension, like that sort of region of the list. Yeah, I think he's below that. I don't like him as much as I like Tengu. I don't like him. I kind of like him as much better than I like Azukirai. Uh, no, wait. No, no, no. No, I don't. I flipped back to Master Mirror. No, Mirror Dimension is dumb. I don't even like Mirror Dimension as much as I like Funeral Figurine Ventriloquist. Okay, well then let's put him below Funeral Figurine Ventriloquist. Underneath that is Kasabake, uh, the the Umbrella Monster, who was also real dumb. Eh, it was fine. It just wasn't anything special. But I think that's a good region for him to be in. Sounds good. Okay, so next up is the Diamond Dimension. Now, Diamond Dimension was a giant living pink somehow diamond. I mean, I guess they're pink diamonds. There are a bunch of different colors of diamonds. I know that they're trying to market off-brand diamonds as uh, chocolate diamonds now, as opposed to diamonds with color flaws that make them brown. And every time I see it, I laugh. Uh, what I cannot believe is that they try to sell red and green and blue diamonds as though rubies and emeralds and sapphires do not exist. Listen, man, uh, De Beers are monsters. And so we should not put anything past them. Of course they're going to try to sell you. They're not emerald merchants, they're diamond merchants. So they've got green diamonds, they're going to try to sell you those bad that, boys. Okay, that is but true. But Diamond Dimension, Diamond Dimension is an actual literal monster who manages his power. If I recall, he like inspires greed in people. He's got like a greed beam, sort of like Hatemonger. Right? Uh, yeah, so he hits people with a greed beam. Specifically, he hits um, Akko with a greed beam, which is perfect because yep. she's already got that greed. So it uh, super it makes it super greed. Um, now, if I don't know if you recall this offhand, Dave, or if our listeners have somehow oh, forgotten, I, the way that they... I think I remember what you're about to say. The way that they break Akko out of that hypnotism... That sort of like that that super greed is that Kaori goes out and she buys every diamond in Tokyo and dumps it. I think it's more than just. I think she buys every like jewelry slash precious gem in the city. I think she gets everything and she just dumps them all over Akko until she is so overloaded with it that like she sort of comes to. It's an amazing moment. It's, yeah, it's pretty fantastic. And I also dug it because it was the first time that we saw, like, maybe just how rich Kaori was. Oh, yeah. It's it's a great episode. But I don't know if um, the Diamond Dimension is going to go super high on the list based on its own merits. Because the Diamond Dimension, it's fine. Like, it's got a coolish look. It's a big gem. Um, if it's getting high on the list, it's on the merit of the episode. Yeah, the episode itself is fantastic. Diamond Dimension, personally, is not actually that cool. Certainly better than the Mirror Dimension. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely way better than the Mirror Dimension. So, Matt, where are you looking on this list? I'm looking around, like, 
Mm. Like the rag strangler, uh, Itan Moman. Yeah, Itan Moman is pretty cool. All right, yeah, I can get into that. Okay, so right below Itan Moman is the faucet dimension. I think I like Diamond Dimension more than I liked the Faucet Dimension. Okay. Uh, couple high points about the Faucet Dimension. Remember, it does strangle a guy, and then blood comes out of the faucet. It's a strong moment, and then it does make a drinking fountain appear out of nowhere to, like, entice Ryta. Okay, that is true, but Diamond Dimension is also sort of like this weird, like, off-brand version of the Hope Diamond that was owned by, like, Napoleon and Louis the Fifteenth. Ooh, that's true. Okay, well then, do we like Diamond Dimension better than Tengu? I think yes. You're, you're going down on the list. I was moving up. I think that Diamond Dimension goes above Faucet Dimension. Or uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. So do we like him better than the Rag Strangler, better than Eaton Momen? Um, yeah, I think I do. Because ultimately, any fondness I have for Eaton Momen is the fact that he's sort of like a dime store variant on um, General Kamikaze. Yeah. So, Konakijiji and then Tofu Hermit. Definitely not to- Tofu Hermit. Although, I, the Konakijiji episode was pretty cool. I'm comfortable so putting I'm him... I'm going to say just above... Yeah. Just above Konakijiji. Diamond Dimension. At spot number 43. Okay, Dave. Okay, Matt. So, let's give a quick cursory thing to... Let's not be cursory, maybe, but fashion dimension. Dave, listen. Really, though, I'm I'm just trying to get through fashion dimension. I like I okay. I like fashion dimension a lot. Fashion dimension was an evil sewing machine that made clothes, threw those clothes at people, and then when those people were like dressed up in those clothing, like it made them act out the way that the outfit would. So like it turned a bunch of people into ninjas. Uh, it. It turned Raita's, like, childhood sweetheart into a female sniper who never misses her mark. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, that is right. I had actually kind of forgotten about that episode. And its head looks awesome because, like, the sort of open, like, negative space on the sewing machine was its, like, giant gaping mouth. Yeah, that was pretty rad. So I would actually put him... Um, let's see... It was a great design. It was a great episode. And once again, the female sniper who never missed her mark. Wait, they got a laser sniper rifle? I believe so. And listen, if you're good enough with... Yeah, I think you are. If you're good enough by using your uh, sewing machine head to put together an outfit that also has with it a laser gun, like, that is some impressive sewing. And I need to give that a high spot on the list. Yeah, that is pretty... Okay, so pretty high on the list, I would say, then. Do we like her better than... Let's go crazy lipstick songstress. Um... Man. I tell ya. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I do. And I I like the fashion dimension more than I liked Getkitsuki, the thing that had the giant mouth. Yeah, let's keep going, then. Let's jump up a little bit. Cooler than the Kabuki Novus or Kabuki Boy. Dave, the Kabuki Boy captured a bunch of, like, unstoppable fighters so that he could possess them one at a time to fight the Die Rangers. And then also well, listen, used, a, just... like, an experimental, like, killer robot. 
Listen, man, I'm just asking the questions here. So not as cool as Kabuki Boy, better than apartment building dimension. Again, I'm going to say I don't think quite. I'm going to say just above Kikitsuki, the mouth monster. Okay, so that's going to put him between Heatwave Hood and Kikitsuki. So that is going to put him at number 16 on our list. Okay, Matt, here we go. The, we got to put God Noodle on this list. Okay, so let's let's look at let's start at the top and move our way down. <laughs> okay, so oh man, God Noodle. One of the things I remember about God Noodle is uh, when we had the Ranger Danger guys on the show, they looked ahead at the monsters that we were going to run into, and so we actually knew about God Noodle before he showed up and. I gotta say, when we were going into the episode with God Noodle, I was a little bit nervous. Like, can he possibly be as amazing as I want him to be? And the answer is, all this and more. Like, it it was so, such an incredible monster. So, the, the God Noodle episode, real quickly, is there is a ramen otaku. And we looked this up. That there is, in fact, a ramen museum somewhere in Japan. So this is a real thing. He is a ramen otaku. And he, like, collects ramen and eats ramen. And he's also in love with Akko. And he, with the help of God Noodle, mixes and matches a bunch of different flavor packets, I think, from different ramen. And he makes the ultimate cup noodle, which he calls Little Akko. Yes. And then, and when, he, then when people eat this... Uh, since it is a like instant cup noodle thing, the evil that befalls them is that they become super impatient and need instant satisfaction in all things, uh, which works against him because Raita has eaten it, and so he gets an insatiable need for immediate justice. Yeah, it was just... Just so great, you guys. Okay, it's an episode so, worth going back and watching. So my absolute bottom on this is that he is better than Zakashiwarashi. Yeah. Like, Zakashiwarashi was a good, good boy. That was, if you don't remember, the one from earlier this season in Kaku Ranger where, like, it was, like, a little boy who was a yokai, and, like, he was actually very good, but then uh, Young Noble Jr. turned him into being very bad. Uh, it was a great episode, but he's no god noodle. He, no, yeah, no, he's no God Noodle. So, that's our absolute bottom. Do we like him better than Nui the Chimera Schemer? Yes. Certainly more memorable. Do we like him better than Tsuchigumo the Spider Monster? Yeah, I mean, I do. Again, yes. Is he better than the Birdcage Vagrant? Dave, I'm going to say that he is better than the Birdcage Vagrant. Okay, man, this is getting crazy. Is he better than the Three Stooges? I have to say no. That that I gotta say yeah, no. That's I was gonna say because my my bottom was Zakashiwarashi. My absolute ceiling on this was the Three Stooges because as great as God Noodle is, and it's an amazing episode. Like God Noodle never made me like feel emotions in the way that the Three Stooges did. Yeah. So God Noodle coming in at spot three slash five, depending on kind of how you want to look at it. Matt, we're uh, we're pretty into this. I'd say we just call it, man. Let's go watch some Ninja Sentai Conqueror. Sounds good, man. And we will see you all after the break. Oh, we're watching episode 30. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. It's episode 30, and it is called The Reunion.
with a traitorous father. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 30 of Ninja Sentai Kakaranger, and I can't believe that we've watched that many episodes of Ninja Sentai Kakaranger. Yeah, that really, uh, it has gone by pretty quickly. Um, but this is a good end. Um, yeah, dude, the hits just keep on coming. Like, this show is becoming really good. It is also becoming full of a lot of two-parters, which I was not anticipating. And when we finished watching the episode, because I am over at your house today. Um, and yeah. when we finished watching the episode, we looked over at each other and we're like, should we just watch the next one right now and do a two-parter? Uh, but we're not doing that because that would we're take not gonna us, do that. Like that would take us literally all day, probably. Uh, we got stuff to do, so we're going to talk about episode thirty. Dave, what'd you think? What? Okay, that was. I mean, okay, I already you already told me. I what did you say, think. Matt. The hits just keep on coming, which I feel like uh, displays my displays my feelings about the episode pretty clearly. It does give so, me a certain indication. Sure, sure. Yeah. No. I, although I actually should say. I just said the show is getting good. I gotta stop saying that. The show is just good now. It wasn't like it wasn't great in the beginning, and it is it is killing it. Like this is a really really good show. Okay, so this episode starts off, and it's the first episode that we've gotten since the termination of the the epic youth battle saga or something. What was that episode arc called? I I think it was youth battle saga. Yeah. Um. And so now everyone is back together, and they're all about to go and try to destroy the seal door. So we get a, a flashback as to what was happening when they had split up to go get the different uh, scrolls and like brief flashes of all their adventures. Now they're back, right. and they are going to go hit that door. So in case you don't remember, Yokai Daimao is the chief. He's the chief yokai, also known as Young Noble Senior, also known as Big D. He is, like, the dude. And he's been trapped right. behind the seal door since, like, the Shogunate era? Like, 400, 400 years? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and the whole... This whole thing, everything that Yokai have been doing, everything that Young Noble Jr. has been scheming for has been to, A, get access to this seal door and then somehow get it open. And, like, this is the plan. So Young Noble Jr. has created, like, Floating Skull Island. He's The seal door is there. They are basically ready to go, and now the Conquer Rangers are back, and what they are going to do, they're they're in like they're in the castle that is Muteki Shoga, the castle of winds, and Sandayu is there. And Sandayu says, Listen, here's the deal. Like, this is our plan. Just go destroy the door. Like, don't seal it. Don't worry about killing the yokai. Just just literally blow up the door. If there's no door, Daimo can't come through it, and then we're good. Right, because so, it's not like a regular door. If you physically destroy it, it's not like there's an open place on the other side that Daimo can walk through. Yes. So then they just, this is great. They're all in the Castle of Winds, which is like pure, it's all dark and misty. And then they just like turn and run towards the camera, which looks great as a shot. But then they're just going to run outside of Muteki Shogun, and then they're just going to have to keep getting to wherever they have to go. Well, you know, Muteki so, like, Shogun can teleport around, so perhaps it's already gotten them where they need to go. And now they're just trying to find the exit, because Muteki Shogun is very large and existed prior to like when signage was all codified and you needed to have clearly marked exits. 
Oh, you know what? That's actually a really good point, because the next scene that we see is just them, they run up the stairs. Man, that would have been a great shot if they literally, the shot was, they built Miteki Shogun and they just ran out and then up onto the stairs. But they don't. They just, we just cut in and they run up the stairs and they look up at Skull Island and they're like, let's do it! And then they just hang gay and keep running. <laughs> I don't know what their plan is. Because it's like a, you know, a couple hundred feet off the ground. And it's well, a floating great, skull island. What's great is that they, they, they transform and they're, they start running again. A half second later, they are immediately attacked. Like they, yeah, they do, do not do even not get, get a chance to get their stride going again. And it is Young Noble Jr. Uh, he is standing atop the skull skyscraper that stands in the middle of the floating island that has like risen above the city he is standing up there playing his electric guitar and like zapping energy down at them which is amazing it is just such a killer shot like it's so great um and he says like listen you guys like you jerks are too late he's already coming can you not hear his footsteps approaching and we cut to like the other side of the seal door as Daimaru, like, in shadow, is walking towards the seal door to try to get out. And what, yeah, what he says it's, it's like, too late. It's a slow, it's not ponderous too walk. Like, there, there's a, another full day, like another 24 hours before Daimaru is going to get out. But uh, Young Noble Jr. is very into trying to demoralize the Kaku Rangers at this moment. Yeah, well, listen, man, this has been, like, 400 years coming, so, like, one more day, just, like, no, this is, we're, we're basically good. So, the, they summon the super beasts, or they're gonna, like, they're trying to summon their, uh, the god beast, god general beasts, to destroy the door. Young Noble Jr. just says, nope, I'm just, I'm ending this, I'm ending this today, game over, like, I'm just gonna kill you guys now. So, he jumps down and immediately goes giant, and he is also in his yokai form, which is... Rito Repulso, if you uh, if that helps you out. Yes. Oh, by the way, we've never actually mentioned it because we haven't seen Daimaru like not in shadow since the first episode, and we'll continue to not see him uh, like in his full glory today. But if you are curious as to what this guy looks like, he is Master Vile in the Power Rangers, who is Rito and Rita's dad. Oh, I did not know that. That's cool. There you go. So he jumps down, and then we get... Like, it's a fun it's a fun little fight. It doesn't take long between Young Noble Jr. and the God Beast Generals. Yeah, and the God Beast Generals are whipping out all the moves that we saw them use on Nui. Like, they're jumping and doing a tail slash. Um, the, the giant bear is making an earthquake. The giant frog uh, is shooting his... Uh, God Gammer is shooting a flamethrower because frogs have flamethrowers. That's obvious. Yep. Uh, God Kark uh, sort of flies around and shoots lasers. Uh, and then God Saruder comes in with his swords. He's like fighting them off and they sort of get Young Noble Jr. on the ropes enough that they are then able to like start charging back at the giant Skull Island. Yeah, but as they like turn to go uh, attack Skull Castle... They there. We flash up to the top of a building, and we see a dude that is basically samurai Iron Mask Chorio. Like it's, it's the same kind of vibe, but he's like a silver samurai instead of not. And he stands up, and he has a sword, and he says, "Master, give me power." 
And so, like, a whole bunch of lightning hits his sword, and then he, like, blasts it out and just ultra-blasts the rangers. Like, he blasts them so hard that not only does he knock them out of the god beasts and also simultaneously, I guess, banish the god beasts, he knocks them out of their henge. So they go from, like, 100 to 0 immediately. Yeah, so they have spent, like, the whole previous arc, like, fighting through all of these trials to get these new god beasts to power up to be able to do this. They finally do it. They get all together. And this dude with one like lightning blast from his sword completely knocks them back on their tails. Yeah. uh, And so then he appears just in front of them and is about to kill them, I guess. But Sasuke throws a shuriken at him. And at first it looks like he catches it, but he doesn't. But he, he, like, dodges it. And all that happens is that his face mask falls off. And it's Tsuruhime's dead dad. Ba-ba-bum. Except it's not actually, he's not actually dead, of course. And all he says is, it's been a while. That's it. Yeah, so this, when you said that this was, like, samurai version of Iron Mask Shoryu, like, this is the same thing. Yeah, I was actually going to ask, Matt. Now, this is this post-dates Die Ranger, right? Yeah, this is the year after Die Ranger. Okay. And that it's, makes it's, it a little like, guys, you did, you did like just do this. It's also a lot of the same writers, I think. You know, I can see that. That makes sense to me. So it is Tsuruhime's dead dad, and she says like, Dad, what? And then he she runs at him, not really sure why like it's not clear like to attack him or hug him or ask him or like just whatever well i think it's just like overwhelmed with emotion she sees her dad who has been dead for 10 years and she is running towards him yeah and he just does like a laser sword slash and she gets blasted back and then he just walks like walk teleports away yeah oh by the way we we did get his name in there he is the yokai strategist hakumenru Oh, yeah, thank you, Matt. I did forget to say that. Hakumenro. And, yeah, so he just teleports away. Dude, I wish I could teleport. Oh, like, yeah, it would be, be the best. It would. That's how you... This is my This is my theory, at least in, like, uh, in terms of, like, role-playing games and stuff, is you know you're a real wizard when you don't walk places. Like, real wizards don't walk. Right, like, they can, but they are no longer required to. Yeah, like, real wizards either, like, teleport or sort of, like, gently levitate. Walking is for chumps. So he sometimes they will also turn into a bird. Yeah, that would also be okay if you shapeshifted and flew someplace. That'd be cool. So everybody is completely confused. Like we we flipped scenes. So they're down by uh, like the the water on like a cement patio or something. Everybody's really confused. And Sandayu is there, and they're like, Sandayu, what was that? Tsuruhime's dad, you, he was dead. You told us he was dead. Like, what's going on? And the answer is that Sandayu straight up Obi-Wan Tsuruhime. Yeah, he said, like, listen, uh, if you saw him, that was absolutely him, like 100%. Um, Like, later in the scene, someone will ask him, why did you not tell us that he was alive? And basically the answer was, like, it was too sad to remember what had happened, and so he just didn't talk about it. 
Yeah, like, he's, what he says is, the evil man who is Hakamenru killed and murdered the good Kaku Ranger that was your father. Right. So, so in a way, yeah, I was what, telling the truth. From a certain point of view. From a certain point of view. So, so like, what? Okay, okay, we, sure, maybe that's not a great explanation, but maybe, like, a little bit more detail. So, so ten years ago, Hakamenru had been studying Daimao and, like, the sealed door and trying to figure out what was happening. We see this flashback, and he's got, like, a pile of books on his desk, and he's doing all this research trying to figure out what is going to happen and how he can prevent it. And he comes to the conclusion that, like, he needs to go and stop it. And so he goes to go, like, try to stave off Daimao from resurrecting, and he brings with him two dudes... Dave, yes. did you get their names? Yeah, Taro and Jiro. Okay, thanks. So here's the deal. Here's the deal with Taro and Jiro. They are the sons of Tsuruhime's like dad's servant. And the servant died, and so the dad slash like dad slash Sandayu took them in. And was sort of raising them as not like sons necessarily. Well, no, I, I, I like... think I think Sandayu says he just raised them as his own sons. Oh yeah, okay, my bad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because they're Surihime's adopted brothers. Yeah. So basically, what we've got are these two adopted brothers of Surihime's that we've never heard about before. But when we see them in the flashback, I had Dave rewind it because we only saw him for a second, and I needed to make sure this is. Uh, Kazu and his brother, or the actor who played Kazu in Die Ranger, if you recall, has a twin brother. And these are those actors. Yes, which is, you know, that's just like a fun thing. Always exciting. They were also in a um, a season of Metal Hero, like Black oh, Beetle something okay. or other. Anyway, that's just a, a little bit of trivia for you and everyone here at home. So the plan is, is that he, Haku Menro, I guess, is going to take the two boys and they are going to go and try to destroy the sealed door, maybe like from the inside or something. Like, it's not really clear, but they're going to try and kind of cut this whole thing off at the root. They don't yes. make it, though. No, we, and we don't get a lot of explanation as to that. All we find out is that they tried to do it, they failed, and they never came back. Yeah, now we don't know what happens with the with Jiro and Taro at all. What we do know is that Dad is captured, and the only way for him to save his life is to join the yokai. And so now we're kind of back to the present, and he's just like, and I guess that's just kind of what it was. Like, your dad tried to save his life, and so he joined the yokai. Saizo, very reasonably, asks why this is only being revealed now, to which there is no answer. And Surihime, this is a crazy thing. Surihime's like, no, I don't believe it. And she, like, runs away. It's like, well, Surihime, I can understand not wanting to believe it, but you did literally just see your dad in, like, yokai armor and getting, like, crazy Daimou power, and then he laser slashed you. Sure, sure, sure. So, but maybe so what she's a not... fair amount of evidence. Yes, I mean, listen, she's she's not really thinking with her head here. She's more thinking with her heart. And I can understand that. She's having yeah, a traumatic day. 
Yeah. So we then get another quick flashback to, as this is like now Suruhime's flashback. It's Taro and Jiro, and they're like messing around with Suruhime. Dad shows up. Hooray, Dad. And Dad looks super chill. It's great. He's just wearing like a big floppy like cable net sweater. Oh, yeah. By the way. Super ninja. What's what's really. What's really great is that dad in all the flashbacks has just like a dad haircut, but whenever you see him as the yokai strategist Hakumenro, he has like crazy long hair and these like really like very bold sideburns. Like he has gone yeah. straight anime hair in the time that he has been with the yokai. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Um, although, I, okay, I dig it. Follow me here. I like that in the flashbacks he just has dad hair because he's a ninja. Right? He's supposed to be... He's supposed to not stand out. The Conquer Rangers are actually bad ninjas. Because if you saw those dudes walking down the street, you would immediately pay attention to everything they were doing. If you saw Hakumenro walking down the street, you'd just be like, oh, it's a dad. And then ninja. That's so, true. On the other hand, if you looked at the Conquer Rangers walking down the street, you would never look at them and say, I should look out for those five goofballs. They look like they might sneak up on me with ninja swords. Ooh, okay, good point, good point. It's the Saying, double turns so, out. <laughs> they can't possibly be ninjas, they're too crazy. Okay, so we are back, and we see, we haven't seen him in a while, Dr. Yagami. Dr. Yagami, my dude. That crazy, that crazy madman, he's back, and he's just building weapons. And he doesn't even seem to be building anything specific, he's just sort of like building general weapons. Yeah, just sort of building like a gun arm that'll go on somebody's arm eventually. There's some yeah, Dorodoros if... in the lab who are all like wearing lab coats and doing the manual labor for him. It's amazing. If we've learned anything about Dr. Yuragami is that ultimately what he's interested in is building the laser gun arm. Like he doesn't really care if it like matches your whole look or anything about that. He just wants, the man just wants to build laser gun arms. Hey, you know, he knows his passion and he's willing to follow it to the ends of the earth. I was going to say, he's following his bliss. Good for him. So Young Noble Jr. walks in who and he is super pissed at Hakumenru. And the, the long and short of what he's saying is like, how could you do that? I was about to kill the Die Rangers. You stole my victory and my glory. Like, you are still secretly on the side of humans. Right. You didn't step in to save things. You stepped in to, like, help them survive. Yeah. And off to the side, we see that there is this sort of, like, viewing, like, trans-dimensional palantir sort of thing that... Daimu can communicate across the seal door with Young Noble Jr. and, like, the rest of his lackeys. Yeah, and so his head shows up, and Young Noble Jr. is basically reiterating what he just said about not trusting Hakumenro. And Daimu is like, no, 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 he's cool. Like, I know that I can trust him because he knows what the consequences for betraying me would be. At some point, he breathes fire on Young Noble Jr. I don't remember why, but it's in my notes. Uh, he is upset with Young Noble Jr. for questioning him, basically. He's like, you're not, you're the kid. And we do, oh, by the way, we do get confirmation. Young Noble Jr. does talk to Daimu, and if he says, father, and then he corrects himself and he says, Lord Daimu. So we do, it is for sure definite now that Young Noble Jr. is his kid yeah if i think at some point we had had some question as to whether or not he was his actual child or just like his old second in command or something but yeah this is his kid yeah so he says Which we probably should have guessed from the fact that his name was junior yeah you know hey 
Matt, I, I have learned over the years of doing this show, Matt, not to assume anything. So That is, that is very fair. Been, yeah. So he could have just been a junior partner in the evil firm. I don't know. So he now says... I want to watch a show with an evil firm that has junior and senior partners. Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. I'm a giver. So <laughs> Saitama was like, no, no, no. He's cool. Young Noble Junior, you need to chill out. This whole thing is going according to plan. Tomorrow the seals door is going to open. I'm going to romper stomper over the whole planet. It's going to be great. And then he leaves. So young Noble Jr. turns to Hakumenro and says, listen, basically, I don't care if my dad trusts you. I still don't trust you. And he's not here yet. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to kill the Kaku Rangers. And if you kill the Kaku Rangers, then I will trust you. Right, because that will prove to me that, like, you are fully turned on the humans and, like, you're totally on our side. So go out and do that, and only then will I trust you. So Hakamenro walks out, and as he does, Yogenobel Jr. turns to Dr. Yagami and says, I need you to build me the ultimate weapon. Right. Doesn't say... He's pretty general, just kind of any ultimate weapon, I think. Yeah, I mean, whatever you got. I mean, probably it's going to get attached to somebody's arm or head or something. Right, but just some some sort of ultimate weapon is really is really what we're looking for here. And then, does he want that ultimate weapon to kill Hakamenro in case he betrays him? Is that what's I, going on? I. It's not really clear. He really just says, "I want this ultimate weapon." He doesn't say to kill. It could be to kill Daimaru for all I know. It does. He just says, "I want this ultimate weapon," and Doctor Yagami says, "Like, sure, sounds good." Yeah, I mean, listen, any uh, any excuse for him to build an ultimate weapon, Dr. Yagami's going to jump at it. Yeah, again, this is a man who's following his bliss. He knows what's going on. So we cut from here so, to the woods. And yeah. in the woods, Sandayu is just running around holding a sword. Dude, like, this is such an amazing shot. It really... It really reminds me of, like, early 90s anime, like... The vibe of it. There's a lot of shades of, like, Ninja Scroll. Yeah, Wrath of the Ninja. It's very cool. And so he's, like, running through the woods. And then Hakamenro arrives. And the whole thing, like, he's, like, up in a tree. And he, like, jumps down. It's very cool. And they are sort of, like, like squaring off a little bit. Kind of like, is anybody going to get froggy? And, like... And then Haku says, listen, Sandayu, I have a request. And Sandayu, by the way, when they are talking here, refers to Hakamenru as, like, my master. Like, he's sti- like he is still referring to him as though, like, nothing has changed. Yeah, which is interesting. So Haku says, I have a request. And then the scene comes out, so we have no idea what's going on. We go There's There's a back. lot of that in this episode, and I apologize for it, because since it's a two-parter, we're not going to answer these questions this week. You're going to have yeah, to Yeah, we just back. don't know, guys. <laughs> Maybe we're going to answer this next week. Maybe not. So we go back to the water, back to the waterfront, where somehow, A, everybody's in the exact same spot, and B, the time, no time has passed, despite the fact that Sunday was running around in sort of like early evening, and now it's just noon again. So I, I was taking that to just be that it was a dark forest, but oh, that would also work. So Tsuruhime is she's kind of like just staring out at the water, and the other rangers are off a little bit, and they're like, "Dude, what are we gonna do about this door? Like, we we've, we've got to deal with this." Tsuruhime though does not seem to have her head in the game. 
Yeah, they're sort of they are equally concerned about Surikime's like the health and happiness, but also right. trying to not forget the door. And eventually, they come to the what is probably a colossally stupid idea, and they don't get a chance to follow through on it, which is for the best that they're just going to leave Surikime, and the four of them are going to go destroy the sealed door by themselves. Yeah, they're like, we'll just. She'll be fine. She'll like, be we'll fine, and I'm sure of... we can do it. Every every indication is that the four of us will be able to do this, like, by ourselves. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, will well, be no trouble at all. We'll be good, right? So thankfully, to save them from this really awful idea, suddenly, Surihime, like, perks up, looks around, says, what are these voices that I'm hearing, and starts to run away. And the yeah. other four cocky rangers say, well... We should probably prioritize this. Yeah. So <laughs> they just, they follow her. She kind of like gets to the edge of a building and starts, she like looks up at the top and she starts running up the stairs. And then the next thing, thing that we see from her is that she's up on top of the building. And she is apparently hearing the voices of all of the people who got turned into those stone statues at the beginning of the story arc. Like she's looking around, she looks down at her friendship bracelet. She remembers the children who are also wearing those friendship bracelets. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I can hear them calling out to me. We need to help them. And in this moment, she, her, her brain is sort of like centered. She remembers like, Oh, I've got this dad thing going on right now, but first and foremost, we're the cocky rangers. And right. so we've got a job to do, and that job is to ninja kick that door so hard that it explodes and Daimao can't escape. So let's go do that. We, uh, yeah, we're going to do it. This is going to be amazing. So, oh, there is a great moment <laughs> where as she's remembering this, she looks down. You may recall that all the rangers have these friendship bracelets, right? That they've sort of been like looking at. Yeah. And everybody else's is sort of just nondescript. But Tsurihime looks down at hers, and it very distinctly says USA. Yes, and it's it like absolutely red, white, does. So she looks down, it's like, USA. And she says, yes, I am a Kaku Ranger. That's <laughs> 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 like, it's just, guys, maybe you should have just gotten, like, another, why did you grab specifically the USA? Give that one to Chiraya. Anyways. He's from America. And, man... That would have been, see, that would have made more sense. Okay. This, so I tell you, they, for, for they, as good as this show has gotten, and as much as it's really turned things around, every once in a while it just throws you one of those, and you think, what are you, like, why was this your conclusion? Okay, so she, Tsurihime, like, turns back, the other rangers have arrived by now, and she says, listen, we've got to fight again, like, again. Even if my dad is a yokai, we're going to do this. So then they somehow are back on the ground. We're not totally sure why. Well, I mean, they're, they're moving their way back towards where they're going to be doing the fighting. Yeah. And so Hakamanro appears and they start to fight. And Tsuruhime says, I'm going to fight my dad. Like, he's a yokai and I'm a Kaka Ranger and I'm going to fight him. And then Sasuke, like, turns and he says, no, Tsuruhime, you can't. Come on, guys. And then the four other rangers turn and they hang gay and they start running at at Hakamenro. And I think what Sasuke is going for here is that, like, Surihime is his friend, right? 
Yes. And like, this is her dad. And they have to fight and probably kill this guy, assuming that they can manage doing it. And he, even though she is now like back in the game and willing to fight, he does not want her to have to do that. Right. Because like, even if and you're willing I, to. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like, it's Surahime, it's her life, it's her family, it's her dad, it should be her call. Um, but I, I do at least understand what Sasuke is going for. Now, on the other hand, like, if this were, like, when this happened in Die Ranger, like, actually, I was going to say nobody tried to stop, um, Ryo from fighting Iron Masturio, but that is absolutely not true. Like, they locked him in a basement. Yeah, I was going to say, they super tried to stop him from fighting. So this is actually a less extreme version of that. So they start fighting, but it well, it's not going well. No, it's like, going monumentally badly. Yeah. Well, here's it. I actually really dig it because much like Iron Mask Choryu, Hakamenro used to be a Kaka Ranger. So they try to fight them, and it's not just like a regular sword fight. I mean, there is sword fighting. But you also get bits where, like, Sasuke is trying to do, like, his flame whirlwind attack, and then Hakamenro is reversing the flame whirlwind. Like, he knows all their tricks. He's very good at this, and he's extremely strong. And it's not yeah. going well. So, we... The fight kind of, like... It doesn't, like, drag on. That's the wrong way to say it. It just sort of continues, because... The next scene we see is they're in a completely different location. We would assume that they've just been fighting this whole time. Tsuruhime still not hanging. No, she's still just sort just, of following them around. Just chilling in the background. And um, then... But who you know who else is here, Dave? Sandayu. Sandayu. But not just Sandayu. Sandayu is here. And he has also brought with him the small child Bun and right. Bun's two dogs. Yeah, dog little brother number one. If, so, if, if you remember Bun from um, Surikime's Hidden Scroll episode, he was like the new kid that Sandayu had taken under his wing. And they seem to have some sort of plan going on here where Sandayu says like, okay, Bun, it's about to happen. I need you and the dogs to get into position. Yeah, so they like go upstairs in this building. But that all happens before the the scene moves because like they run upstairs at the building and then the next scene is them like out in the wilderness at the edge of a ravine Sandayu's nowhere to be found Bun and the dogs are nowhere to be seen it's just the rangers and an untransformed Surahime Hakumenro does a giant lightning sword blasts the rangers into the ravine Tsuruhime, like, looks down at them and says, like, no, God, and she yells out their names. And she whips around and she says, I don't care if you are my dad. Like, that's, you've gone too far. It's unforgivable. <laughs> I really like that this is the moment. This is, this is the spot. Too far. You've blasted them into the, not the ten years I didn't know you were alive, and you've been the strategist for the yokai and have been working to bring out the end of the world. You blasted the rangers into the... You blasted these super ninjas into a ravine. That's and so it. now it's on. The rest this of the fight, the no. This, yes, it's on. Right. So she transforms They're... and they run at each other in slow motion. We do get a fantastic cutaway where it's just Dr. Yagami and Young Noble Jr. watching this on the TV. 
Yeah, they have like a little like, monitor a set up in event. his lab, and they're just cheering for Hakumenro. Yeah, like they don't have popcorn, but they oughta, you know? And then we get a quick flash of Daimau again approaching the door, that sort of like stompy tread as he's getting closer and closer, just to remind us that this is in fact happening. And then back to dad fight. And, and then... Surihime, like all f- the other four rangers together were getting whooped by Hakumenro. Tsuruhime is not doing any better. Well, no, she's also not doing any worse, though. Like, as one person, as opposed to the four people who were previously fighting. I mean, first of all, she's got her passion, because this is her dad, and it's a very important personal fight, so of course she's going to be fighting better. Also, I like to think that maybe they've got, like, similar techniques, and she knows his technique, but the other four rangers didn't. I can dig that. But so they fight for a little bit, and it's actually pretty cool. The choreography on it is pretty neat. It's a good fight. And then that's pretty much the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, this, like, I, like we said earlier, is a cliffhanger episode. So hopefully next week we will get to uh, finally see that giant robot. Uh, we will figure out what the ultimate weapon Dr. Yagami is working on. We will figure out why Hakumenru has changed and whether or not he's fully evil. Maybe we'll even figure out what the deal is with those twin brothers we saw for like three seconds that never got mentioned again. Who knows? I theorize that they're the dogs. I was thinking they might have gotten transformed into the dogs as well. Yeah, this is this is, this is is my theory. I'm really hoping I'm right because that'd be pretty rad. They're but either yeah, the dogs so the of- or they are being held hostage by Daimao as like you know, leverage against Hakumenro to stop him Ooh, from betraying him. That would also make a ton of sense. Uh, but yeah, that is the end of this episode, and there's no one to put on the Creature Royale because right? nobody died this week. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Sort of in this spot, since we have a few extra minutes? Because if you don't have anything, I did actually have something I thought we would uh, chat about. No, man, go to town. So... This is the first episode out of the youth battle epic saga for the Hidden Scrolls and Fate, probably. Um, yeah. That, that, that was the name of that one. Listen, I made that joke earlier in the episode, but I still don't remember the name of that story arc. Um, and so I, I wanted to check in with you, Dave, because we don't often get that kind of like multi-week, multi-part, like full story arc. You know, we'll get one part, like, you know... One-offs and two-parters and sometimes three-parters, but that sort of like independent mini arc within the season is something that we don't get that often. And I wanted to know what you thought about it sort of as a whole. I thought, okay, first of all, I thought it was really cool. I liked the setup of it because what it did is it gave us this like a series of really character-centric, character-focused episodes all in a row. Yeah. And first of all, those character-centric, like, really focused-in episodes are really, really neat. Because, you know, it's just a space to, like, get into, you know, like, more of a character for these things. And especially, I think, for Conquer Ranger, where we hadn't had a lot of that, just kind of dropping it all on us at once, I think it actually was pretty cool. Yeah, I. what else I really liked about it is that since we were sort of splitting it up so, like dramatically you know like there's definite like punctuation in between those episodes it's not just 
you know, the one week and then the next week and then the next week. Like they're very like they're moving all over. They have different characters. And mm-hmm. so what it really also let them to do is go a little bit more out of their way to differentiate the styles of the episode, like the tones, like the Sasuke episode felt very different from the Tsurikime episode, felt very different from the Seikai Saizo episode, and the Dryad like two-parter was totally different. So it really gave no, them a chance really to really like, stretch their legs a bit. It it where it did sort of uh, not deliver on the promise that it gave us initially is that I feel like they were going to be focusing a lot more on what the individual like themes and powers of those scrolls were and like which special goals because you know like they said in the beginning or in the beginning of that Ark and Sasuke's episode that each of those scrolls had its own mission and I feel like that was yeah. not really fully dis- like disclosed further on in that cycle but generally speaking, yeah, I think I can it, see, you know, yeah, coming around to it, I could, I would say like looking at that, I would think that the mission, I guess, of each scroll was the sort of difficulty that each ranger had to go through to get it. But I agree with you that I would have liked a little more like this is like the cool superpower that Sasuke has now. And he does like more ninja fire magic and more like cloning magic. And Jiraiya does crazy, like, Earth Ninja. You know what I mean? Like, I want more superpowers. Right. And we got more super robots, but we didn't get any more individual superpowers. But generally speaking, I I thought it was a very cool arc. Yeah, I dug it a lot. And I I like the idea of taking the entire episode. Because, I mean, 52 episodes is a fair amount of TV. I like the idea of taking it and saying, no, we're going to, not just by feel, but very explicitly divide this up into like a couple of story arcs so i thought that was all right well unless you've got anything else dave i think that is going to do it for another episode of you to a cocker ranger no man i'm set right on uh before we finish up here i would like to remind you as always uh you can email the show at super sentai brothers at gmail.com if you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things we're talking about on twitter we are at super sentai bros if you like the show, and I hope that you do, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe there. Uh, that's what's going to help new people find the show. We're also on Stitcher. We're on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, we're on YouTube. We're all over the place. Um, wherever you can find podcasts, I think we are there. And if you are unable to find us on one of those platforms, let me know. And uh, I will see what I can do about getting us there. Yeah. Uh, Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To find all the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can go to RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.